Welcome to the podcast, Leading Change. I'm your host, Adam Christie. Our guest comes to us today from Scottsdale, Arizona. He runs a full-time mentoring business for online coaches and entrepreneurs to grow and scale their online businesses. We were lucky enough to speak with him a couple of days after the U.S. 2020 election. He offers incredible insight on leadership and a growth-based perspective on life. Let's dive in with Jeremy Montoya. We are here today with Mr. Jeremy Montoya. Jeremy, why don't you tell us a little bit about you for people that don't know you or haven't gotten to know you yet? Well, first, Adam, I'm honored to be here. Uh, Super thankful. So thank you for inviting me on. Uh, Like Adam said, my name is Jeremy Montoya. I full-time run a business called Personal Freedom Mentoring, and I help online coaches and online entrepreneurs grow and scale their online business. And it's been quite a journey, very heavily kind of leadership-based and involved. So I'm going to break into it here today, coming to you from a very gorgeous Scottsdale, Arizona. So super appreciate you having me on. There's some times where I have tried to follow people And if I get caught up in that I could lead better, then I get into a whole new tailspin. But if I'm the best of myself, if I'm the best leader, then I know that people are still watching me. And if I am the best follower, I'm still leading. People are still watching me. So just because you're following doesn't mean you're not leading as well. Would you agree? Then I think oftentimes we look at leadership as like the person in the front hmm. or the loudest person. And that's a, it's an easy folly. It's not, it's not always the case. And the best leaders have the best people around them, usually shaping their decisions and guiding them. They aren't the leading force and making all of the decisions and all the calls. I, I in fact, think that's the, the rarest form of a leader, the person who just has it all. I just act that exists. I think that and only from experience will you know that, of course, there are leaders. It doesn't mean they're good. It doesn't mean they're bad. And and we, though, have the choice for who we follow and the ideals we follow. And so whether or not the person you wanted to or voted for is going to be leading the country over the next four years, you don't have to follow them, so to say. And you can have your own deals that you lead your life and your people and your family with that don't have to be in alignment with what the greater majority, you know, arguments of legitimacy have chosen. And, and it's not always the person that you want, who's going to be leading in the situation that you're in, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to follow. And it necessarily mean that they are good or bad. So to say. You brought up Steve jobs. Um, tell us a little bit about what was your experience um, were, were you directly reporting to him or was he just the head of the company under which you were involved in? Yeah, uh, just the head of the company. Okay. Uh, it would have been a dream to have been able to report directly to him. Mm. Uh, and, and even in Steve's case, like there are definitely admirable traits of, about him and definitely things that are not so admirable about, about his leadership. Sometimes you have to pick and choose the things that you're going to follow or emulate or internalize from someone because no one's perfect under, you know, on God's beautiful green earth, no one's perfect. And so you have to still be cognizant and you can't just subscribe 100% to anyone's specific way of life or leading. You have to look through with fresh eyes and always have your own guiding light to guide who it is that you're attracting and attracted to 
and that you're subscribing to. So I had the privilege of working at Apple uh, during the time that Steve Jobs was around. He had uh, announced his pancreatic cancer before I had joined and I had uh, had the opportunity to work for Apple for four years. I worked in retail. So I was you know, the lowest of the totem pole, if you wanted to put a corporate rank, starting in as a part-timer salesperson, which they called a specialist at the time, okay? And it was during, right after and kind of during the tail end of the recession, so Apple wasn't hiring. It took a year, it took a year and a half from the time I was there for there to be a, a full-time position open on the West Coast. Wow. So even if I wanted it and there was a full-time spot open, it may not have been around me. About six months in, I decided, wow, this is the place at the time, you know, I was a bit younger that I wanted to retire from because I found a place that I could thrive in. And, and about six months in, I made a shift and I made that change. That point forward, I started showing up differently. But from that moment, it took a year before any time, any slots were open for a full-time position, which they considered a promotion, but it's not really. You weren't getting paid more. Uh, you got benefits because of the hours that they were going to be giving you. Uh, and I'm getting sidetracked here, but it was a different company at the time. And I was able, I surrounded myself in the store. I started walking like them, talking like them, making decisions like them, uh, using their guidance to be making my decisions. And because I was rewarded inside of the structure. And so uh, I got to see kind of what Steve's impact was in the company. And Apple's drastically changed since he stepped down, stepped away and passed on. Uh, it's not the same company, but his vision is completely still intact. Uh, and, and one of the small experiences that I'm honored to be able to say is that I was in San Francisco at WWDC. It's Apple's big developers yep. conference. Mm -hmm. And I was there. He announced the iPhone 4 with FaceTime, which was the last keynote that he ever gave. And to be there as an Apple employee, paid and got to work the conference or work the event and kind of got to be there for his last his last keynote and so uh never got to chat with a man individually never got to even you know you know be, be close to him in proximity but being able to be there and understand how he set the company up huge inspiration and, and had a huge impact long before i even worked at apple and, and the lasting one after so um let's jump into what you said as far as there were some good characteristics about steve jobs and there were some not so good characteristics. What do you say were his pros and the things that he struggled with? Sure. And, and you know, anyone telling you someone has everything good or everything bad is completely misleading you because it's just not the case. Right. And so you have to, you have to keep a fresh pair of eyes on everyone in your life yep. to, to stay level headed and non-emotional and rational. Um, Steve's often portrayed as a very, very hard nose, rough, knows what he wants. If he doesn't get it, you're dead type of person. And I would dare say that's a toxic trait. Okay. But when you look at the result of it and what it caused and called for people to pull for themselves, he called people to, because of that, perform their best. Very hard circumstances and timeframes to create life and world changing products. Mm -hmm. So a very toxic or so to say labeled bad thing had all of these benefits to it. And oftentimes any leader, Steve or others who have these good things, it doesn't mean it always results in things that are good and oftentimes can result in bad. You get a leader who can easily be walked on, that's gonna create a lot of bad situations, but a leader who allows no room and is very hard-nosed and stubborn, Steve probably being a prime example of that, or at least of what he's portrayed to the public 
and what his legacy has been preserved as mm. creates these, these good things. And so is there, I think there's something to be said for putting people under pressure. I think there's something to be said for understanding how to get the best from your people. Is that the best way ever or always? For sure not. But, uh, but they're, but it's toxic. And it, but also at the same time, this company that's absolutely changed the world. Mm. So, so I'm not sure if I answer your question spot on there or not, but, um, some bad things about him, probably some toxic ways he may have treated his people. Some good things about him is that he had a vision that was so far bigger than him that even the lowest of low employees, me coming in as a part-time specialist in retail could be inspired and thrive based on that vision. Could you, did you feel like a pressure working there because of his expectations? Is it the same retail? No. Are there people walking around at every stage of Apple trying to be like him? Absolutely. But uh, the the culture of Apple when I was there, it's drastically changed. I only know that because many of my best and my best friends, my longest standing friendships and relationships, they, they're still there. So and, how's uh, it different? Um, the, the culture back then, the, the whole phrase started with, uh, at Apple, our core, our soul is our people. Mm. And I left because I no longer felt that was the case. Mm. Because it's one thing to saying that, and it's another thing, business and legal decision to be able to follow and subscribe to that. And I just think that uh, this is a perfect example of me, and this might be you listening to this right now, giving up mine or your power to something bigger like an employer. Hmm. Nothing is going to save you at the end of the day. You have to save yourself. And relying on any corporation, any party, any leader, anything like that is a surefire to failure hmm. and to wasting a lot of time. You have to save yourself. And I, for hours on that concept, but the, it has definitely changed the, but the culture at Apple from the top down. And I think this is probably still intact from what I gather and in, in my feeling mm. is that it does create a, an accountability with everyone to be showing up as your best and to be performing your best is of course what you might see in the, you know, Ashton Kutcher rendition of Apple walking in and, you know, Steve, you know, Steve walking in and how he takes over and all that. I wouldn't the case, but in every, you know, basket of apples is a bad one. And there's always going to be people in there who take that to the, you know, to the 11th degree and want to emulate that. But those people are quickly weeded out of that culture or set shape because environment and the expectation there is you really do care about your people so has it changed yes is it uh you know it's still a corporation at the end of the day and decisions based on fi finances and the best thing for them regardless of any individual person it, that's the reality then and now that was a great movie wasn't it that steve it was Jobs good movie. it was good there's a lot of them if you're if you're a fan of steve and the apple journey i think the best movie rendition of it was made while Steve was, was still here years before he passed. Hmm. And it's called uh, Pirates of the Silicon Valley. It oh. is phenomenal. Uh, kind of a harder movie to find. Bookmark it. If you find it, buy it uh, where you can. Pirates of the Silicon Valley. What do you think as a leader has been your finest moment? 
you know, there's, there's these, these ones that seem, it's such a great question, seem small in reality that end up being the ones that I'm most proud of. I'm going to share a, a bigger one. You know, every day I get to connect with uh, online entrepreneurs and coaches who are trying to better themselves and expand their reach so that they can serve more people mm-hmm. and helping those make breakthroughs has this ripple effect that's so beyond what I can fathom that every day is rewarding with what I do. Like I, I really mean it when I say that and, and helping people to, to achieve their, their goals of helping more people is like one of the most rewarding things. So if you are someone who finds yourself teaching, caring about others has a passion or an interest, like coaching is one of the most rewarding things that you could ever do. And it's great that nowadays it's all online. It's completely, you know, virtual and so on. So there are these micro moments and any leader and, 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 and probably everyone listening to the show has had these moments where they've had a small breakthrough with someone and been able to help them or, or to them. I would say that one of my um, most memorable moments of leadership uh, came from when I was in high school. And I have found myself continuously in these leadership opportunities. And in elementary school, I was vice president of student council. In high school, an organization called Skills USA used to be known as VICA, Vocational Industrial Clubs of America. Their goal is to make sure America has a skilled workforce. And and so relevant in today's society and, and where we're headed now, potentially as of today's announcements. And I, I ran as a national officer my summer of my junior year. And so I was a national officer my senior year of high school. I missed my whole first week of senior year. And at, at my first meeting with my team and with the national officer team, you choose who's going to be what position. And I was chosen as president. Hmm. And, and so it was just an amazing, like humbling opportunity. With it comes a couple perks. And I was also chosen as one of two students to change the wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, which I didn't understand the weight of it at the time in high school, and at our, in Arlington National Cemetery in Washington, D.C., or, or Virginia. And then we walk over right after changing the wreath, and I got to give a speech at John F. Kennedy's gravesite at the Eternal Flame. And uh, being able to do that, I was able to get my dad out there, so he was able to watch it and uh, not a military family for me, but he grew up with his dad in the military. And my grandfather was uh, served, served many, many years and was not uh, regarded as a Purple Heart or service member because his, uh, where his papers were saved, the building burned down. Literally got a knock on the door from the desk of George W. Bush Secret Service, honoring him, giving him the benefits, giving him all that sort of stuff in his old age. And being able to speak there amongst all the fallen soldiers, men and women of America was, and being chosen to do in front of three or 400 students of the elite students in the organization who had traveled out there for this leadership camp was this leadership Institute was one of the things that I will take with me, you know, to, to my dying days. And, you know, I went out with in front of 15,000 in Camper Arena in Kansas City and kind of opening up the big session for the students and like those things right there. It's with leadership comes great responsibility. And I think it takes a level of humility to really embrace those moments and to not take advantage of those things in a way that's to the detriment of others. And it's a slippery slope with those things. But, you know, of course, the micro moments of every day being able to help serve them and, and making them better people in their communities and to the world at large, you know, those things are, are absolutely incredible and why I do what I do now. But also, you know, being able to speak and represent my people, students, and and those moments are the things that stand out most. Hmm. 
So as we're wrapping up with this, Jeremy, tell us where can people um, connect with you? Well, first, Adam, this has been a pleasure uh, to be on your show and to be a part of this. I think you're bringing to light such an important conversation that has not been uh, kind of focused on or spotlighted, so to say, most recently. And so I just want to commend you for, for bringing this to the world and just honored to be a part of it. I would love to connect with you listening right now or watching this wherever you're consuming this. Uh, I think the best place, the most uh, kind of accessible for me, where I make myself most available is Instagram. My username is WhatUpJeremy, or if you search Jeremy Montoya, you'll find me. Uh, would love to connect with you there. If you found me from here, then send me a DM. I, uh, and if you are someone who is uh, an online entrepreneur or find yourself being entrepreneurial, have tons of free resources for you on Instagram and on my website at WhatUpJeremy.com. So uh, look forward to connecting with you. And of course, Adam, thank you so much for, for having me here. It's been an awesome conversation. And um, uh, I think we've all learned a little bit about you, but you just are so inspiring um, that I really think it's going to hit a lot of people. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being with us today on the podcast Leading Change. You can catch bonus footage from our interview with Jeremy in what we call the Curtain Call at www.leadingchangepodcast.com. In his Curtain Call, Jeremy talks with us about his favorite conspiracies, and it is a roller coaster ride. Our next episode is with one of the leading voices in educational leadership, Todd Whitaker. Trust me, if you're a leader and you've ever been in a school, you need to listen to this. We'd love for you to leave a comment and a rating. Catch us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, please take care of yourself. Take some time to recharge your batteries, and we hope we've inspired you. We'll see you next time. Don't forget to subscribe, and remember, when you change the way you lead, you begin leading change.